The Sunday Grail on Beat. You're waking up this morning on the 4th of February, Sunday the 4th, which is also World Cancer Day. It's an international day marked to raise awareness of cancer and to encourage its prevention, detection and treatment. So now we're talking to a member of one of the three leading Irish charities involved in a new, unique digital campaign to fundraise for critical cancer research and support services in Ireland. Orla Dolan from Breakthrough Cancer Research joins me on the line now. Orla, tell me all about the new campaign, Face Up to Cancer. So yeah, Face Up to Cancer, it's a digital fundraising campaign and the aim is to engage thousands of people to upload their selfies and make a donation at faceuptocancer.ie and in support of cancer research and support services. And so the campaign puts a face to cancer. So what we have is portraits and stories from people who have maybe families that have lost people to cancer, people who are researchers who are working, trying to change, you know, the way cancer is treated in the future, people who have a lived experience personally. And see, these are all the many faces and the many stories that we have in our community of people impacted by cancer. And then as part of this campaign, everybody's invited to upload a selfie and these portraits what the original image will be replaced by all these little selfies coming together in a mosaic to kind of take um, to take over the original portrait and reform it with all the images of everybody else getting involved in this campaign because um, you know you said there that we lose one person every hour but one in two of us will develop cancer in our lifetimes so I suppose there's not as community in the country not a family or um, that hasn't been impacted by cancer so this is a way to kind of collectively come together. We're three charities coming together, but I suppose we're asking the wider community to come together and help us on World Cancer Day um, to, you know, to kind of change the way cancer is treated and to support people who are going through it at the time. Thank so you. That's what it's about. Thank you so much, Orla. I, I, I love the fact that it's not just about uh, donating or taking part in something small, but at the end of it, it's working towards becoming a part of a collage of these incredible people that all of the selfies that are taken or the photos uploaded will all become a larger part of these portraits that will be shared with the public. Tell us a bit about them. They're going to be made up of different types of people. There's nine, I believe. Is that right, Orla? Yeah, so, you know, there's like, so two people that, um, you know, who are on there from our own organization would be um, Patricia Flynn, who's a researcher of ours. And so, you know, her story is there on the website. To, you can actually watch a video of her, like what her day would be. But also, you know, so she's working in, say, glioblastoma, a form of, you know, a type of brain cancer. And she's trying to change the treatment options that are available for that because it's a, it's a cancer that it's very difficult um, to treat at the moment. And I suppose it talks about her motivation and, and like what other people in her family have been impacted and what drives her every day. You know, there's another girl called Avril who's on there. She's a person who had leukemia as a child and she's now working in cancer research. There's a lady who, you know, found out that she was pregnant while going through treatment and it talks about that experience. So there's all these stories of people who are kind of the many faceted ways that, you know, cancer impacts us in the community and they're really powerful videos or images of people. And as you said, um, I suppose what is unique and wonderful about it is that we're, you know, 
like we're all coming together as a community to try and change things and to show our support by actually uploading an image. And, you know, you can upload an image of the side of your face if you don't really want it to be straight on or pick the best one or, you know, do your dog if you don't want to put your own <laughs> face in there. But I suppose the whole point is like showing that kind of collective community support behind um, the belief that if we have 200,000 people who've survived cancer now in the country, you know, the things are changing and it is more hopeful, but we can't deny that we will all be impacted and that we already are. So I suppose it's kind of like this kind of drawing together of the wider community to do this thing. And um, and as you say, when those portraits are created, we will physically at the end of um, February actually display them but if you upload your selfie and hopefully make a donation as well you will um you know you'll get emailed back at the end of the campaign where your face is on this particular portrait so you'll get to see kind of where you showed up on it as well very good so tell us then orla about taking part the participation is quite easy so people can take a photo it can be of themselves or a loved one and then what do they do next yeah, so so you go on to faceuptocancer.ie and then you snap a picture, you upload the photo directly there um, and then, you know, there's a place there hopefully to make a donation as well because obviously we are trying to, all of these charities are doing critical different things, you know, Breakthrough Cancer Research, invest research to try and have more people survive very difficult um, to treat cancers, you know, Breast Cancer Ireland, they're looking at um, research in advanced metastatic breast cancer and trying to help more people and Mary Keating its support services so you you know upload your selfie make a little donation and then it'll send you back your image kind of with a frame on it and then we want you to share 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 to get more people within your own group to also do the same thing and be part of it so so you know snap and donate and then share that and it's really really like it's three simple steps if you go onto the website it's as clear as day and like made to make it really smooth so um you know face up to cancer.ie and you can do it in two seconds (laughs) perfect thanks so much all it's very similar to like the other maybe challenges we would have seen before but it has a certain unique digital kind of hook for us to be able to share it and we can have it then for years to come when we're part of the digital mosaic at the end of february tell us a bit about the three leading charities Orla, you're from Breakthrough Cancer Research, which is one of the three main charities involved. Tell us about them. Yeah, so look, at Breakthrough Cancer Research, I suppose we do exactly what it says on the tin. It's cancer research, but we focus on what are often terms poor prognosis or low survival cancers. And, and if we've made phenomenal progress in certain cancers and have survival rates in the upper 90s, um, which is tremendous because that's all been born off research we have others um cancers like pancreatic or brain or lung cancer um where those survival rates are still incredibly low and we just don't have enough treatment options for them and and you know many times patients um or doctors you know the treatments that are there just fail patients and there's nothing left to try so research is there to bring those to those treatments forward you know, in the case of Breast Cancer Ireland, they um, invest in breast metastatic disease. So it's kind of when people get breast cancer and it's spreading further into the body and it's hard to beat back that tide. So it's a, a particular type of cancer that doesn't have a lot of good treatment options. They're, you know, investing research, uh, funding into research for that particular type of cancer. And then um, Mary Keating, they're providing on the ground support services for individuals who are living with and beyond cancer, so who, who have that experience at the moment. So 
I suppose what's lovely about this campaign, as well as trying to ask everybody to come together as a community, you have three different leading charities who all do different but complementary things that are trying to help different patients or different um, different people living with cancer in different ways and come at it from different approaches and um, and complement each other. So I think we all are incredibly optimistic and hopeful and positive about the fact that we can collectively come together and change things for the better in the future. And I suppose what we want is people to become part of that with us. And people can be part of that by taking part in the Face Up to Cancer uh, campaign that is taking part this taking place this month. Uh, Orla, thank you so much for joining us. One of the main things I think to take away is how easy it is to take part. And like one of the stark figures that was released as part of the campaign was that 9,000 people are lost in Ireland each year to cancer, which is on average one person every hour. And you just said that 200,000 cancers survivors are in Ireland today that there is hope and this is all part of the work that you are, are are working towards with Breast Cancer Ireland, Breakthrough Cancer Research and the Marie Keating Foundation. So for one last time Orla, if people want to get involved, tell us where we can find out more information. Yeah, so go to faceuptocancer.ie and like I said, it's as simple as snap, donate, share at three easy steps and you'll be part of us changing the face changing the future of how we treat and how many people can survive and supporting people when they're going through that diagnosis and for world cancer day i can't think of anything better than all of us coming together to make life better for people in the future for future generations Thank you so much, Orla. For World Cancer Day, it's face up to cancer, putting a face to cancer through a series of portraits and bringing the country together through the simple act of donating a selfie. You can find out more information on faceuptocancer.ie. The Sunday Grill on Beat. Now, a leading mental health charity has welcomed the news that schools will be obliged to record all incidents of bullying behaviour for the first time under new rules to be published shortly. Turn to Me says recording these incidents is important for accountability, prevention and much more. And joining me on the line to chat about welcoming this news is Fiona O'Malley from Turn To Me. Fiona, you're very welcome along to the show. What was your initial reaction when you first saw this story being published earlier this week by the Irish Times? certainly welcomed uh, the news by uh, Minister Foley um, saying that bullying incidents were going to be recorded by schools because identification and intervention is so important when tackling bullying um, and when we document bullying incidents we can identify patterns and trends and we can understand the prevalence and the nature of bullying in the school and this type of documentation allows for timely recording it allows for prompt intervention and it allows for educators and administrators to address the specific incidents and provide support to the victims, to the perpetrators and also to both families. Thank you so much, Fiona. Um, Just to add to what the Irish Times found, it said that the bullying is defined as targeted behaviour on or offline that causes harm, whether it's physical, social or emotional in nature, such as cyberbullying, racist bullying and gender identity bullying. It adds that the Mm -hmm. behaviour is repeated over time and can involve an imbalance of power in relationships. And shockingly, that a 2019 survey found 19,000 young people... The survey was by Jigsaw, a youth mental health organisation, found 
that 39% of those in secondary school had experienced bullying. So something like this, uh, you know, in this day and age, it still has to be recognised and acknowledged that maybe it's a long time coming. It is indeed a long time coming and bullying takes a very different um, shape today. It's a very different beast today than it was maybe five, ten years ago. It's not a matter of collecting your child and the bullying is left there at the school gates. It follows them home with social media, with WhatsApp um, and it is um, you know, repeated. Oftentimes people say is it just a bit of slagging that goes out of hand or people having a bit of banter and this, you know, young people are a bit too sensitive to it. It's absolutely not that and um, it's repeated and it's targeted um, and long-term bullying can really affect a young person's self-esteem. It can um, damage their confidence and it can cause anxiety and affect, negatively affect their, their grades, which obviously will have an implication on their future. And it can be very, very difficult for parents as well to, to navigate those very choppy waters when you should intervene, if you should intervene, if intervening makes things worse. But it's really important to keep those lines of communications open to the young person and then to decide with them if the time has come to go to the school and to engage with the school but the the policy um, uh, development and the prevention of bullying uh, will be affected by this record keeping so this uh, type of record keeping allows schools to analyse the root causes of bullying and to implement preventative measures to create a safer environment for all students in the school so it's certainly something that that we welcome and it's uh, it's, it's it's a huge leap forward um, by, by, by the Minister uh, in, in our opinion. Thank you so much, Fiona. It's it's something that I think everybody can relate to, you know, from being at uh, my age or my vintage, you know, being through primary, secondary and third levels. You know, I, I've seen bullying firsthand and secondhand. And it's mm-hmm. it's it's like the technology has added to that even more that we can take at home with us. That school days can be the best days of your life. But what about when they're not? Um, when it comes to the accountability and, and making sure that uh, the right the right tools are in place, how will something like this be strongly implemented? Well, documentation of bullying um, establishes the record of the school's response and establishes a record of the perpetrator's response and indeed the victim's response and demonstrating that level of accountability to parents, to guardians, to students and to the wider community is a really, really positive step. And in some cases, legal implications may also arise from bullying incidents. We're all very well now of Coco's law and how that has, has an impact on, on, on the community and indeed on the school community. But having accurate records is essential for compliance and it can serve as a valuable documentation um, and in, in any investigation or in any disciplinary procedures um, if, if if the case is, is that serious. So um, we it's certainly something that, that we welcome um, bullying can be an extremely difficult time for both students and the parents who often feel helpless and struggle to offer support and appropriate levels of support for their child. Um, so it's, it's certainly something that, that we welcome and we think it's certainly a positive step in the right direction. Absolutely. It's understood that training will be provided for the school leaders and teachers by the Department of Education to help with the rollout of the new measures and to help prevent and address bullying. Um, the, the new rules are expected to be published shortly. Is there anything else in particular that might jump out um, from the rules apart from you know accountability, compliance, uh, also about safeguarding their, their, their home life as well? So I suppose these, the, 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 obviously training and um, 
getting this this type of um I suppose response um training is, is really, really important for the schools. Um but again this this type of um structure in place in a school um it benefits uh, young people and it also benefits um people who are in administrative and managerial positions because we can't be emotive in these type of decisions. We need to be data driven in these decisions because data driven decisions are informed decisions. And when you have data on bullying and um, that's crucial for developing and updating anti-bullying policies and procedures. So we welcome the news from the department and um, we welcome the news from uh, Minister Foley and we certainly think um, it'll be welcomed by, by schools across the country. Thank you so much. If you're just joining us now, we are talking about the uh, welcoming of news from mental health charity Turn To Me about schools being obliged to record all incidents of bullying behaviour for the first time under new rules to be published shortly. Fiona, the, the, the charity Turn To Me, um, they also offer supports for people that might be going through bullying. Could you outline some of the supports that you have available and where people can find out more information? Absolutely. So bullying obviously affects the student and it also affects their parents. Um, and Turn to Me offers up to six free one-to-one counselling sessions to adults living in Ireland. We also offer free unlimited support groups on anxiety, depression, grief and relationship issues. And we also offer uh, talks to schools across the country that are totally free. Um, so if any schools or teachers across the country think they would benefit from those talks um, that vary on a wide range of issues, everything from bullying to prepping for exam um, and to, to mind exam season and uh, to, to minding your, your mental health throughout the school term uh, all of those services are available on the website turn to me.ie that's turn digit to me.ie Fiona O'Malley from turn to me thank you so much for joining us thanks so much for having me the Sunday grill on beat. Now, turning our attention to something a little lighter, there's plenty of pet owners here at Beach, and in particular dogs. Ireland's pet experts, Pet Mania, have launched their eighth annual health and wellbeing campaign, which aims to help out owners across the country provide the best care for their four-legged pals. Here to tell us more is Emily Miller from Pet Mania. Tra- Operation Transformation, it's inspired, Emily. Tell us about the event that's taking part over February and March. Yeah, so like you said, this is our eighth year of of the campaign and we started out many years ago talking to pet owners about obesity and how to prevent obesity and because it's a big problem for pets, you know, and once once your dog or cat becomes obese, you become, you're into long-term veterinary care and it can be very debilitative and can cause all sorts of medical problems. So we started off there and over the years we've evolved and this year we're really putting a focus on overall health and well-being and you know I suppose the campaign it's running for for eight weeks but it's about helping pet owners find maybe one or two small changes that they can make that would have a big impact on their pet's overall health and wellness so there's any amount of things to, to discuss but we're looking at you know things like nutrition and diet you know so are you feeding the right food based on age based on nutritional needs um, activity levels are you feeding the right amount what are you doing in terms of treating so looking at all of that and again looking at the weight looking at the body condition score which is really good, a good indicator as to whether or not your, your pet is over or under or just right in terms of um, body mass and, and, and everything so that's that's a big part of it also looking at things like grooming you know what you know skin and coat care what are the simple simple little things that you can maybe do to to help 
you know, if there's if there's a change that needs to be made. And again, some of these things are connected, might be connected back to nutrition, or it might be actually we need to brush the hair a little bit more often, or we need to make sure the ears are being checked a little bit more frequently, or, you know, let's clean their eye. You know, so there's mm-hmm. loads of different things. Um, and we're also then chatting to, to pet owners about overall health and, the, you know, all of the opportunities that are there from a preventative really is what we're aiming to yes. do. We're saying, look, you know, if your pet is now coming to seven or eight, you, they're starting to enter into those senior years and now is the time to look at what are the supplements what can we get some extra glucosamine in there mm-hmm. can we give them the muscle and joint support that they need now so that you're you're giving them the supports that they need in their diet today for to prevent problems in a couple of years time exactly. so rather than you know so we're looking at all of that and anyone who wants to take part we say you can come into, into any of our stores you can have a one-to-one with it with any of my colleagues across the country they know everything they, they can they can guide you or you can sign up online or you can do both and what we'll do is we're going to ask you a bunch of different questions chat to you about your pet chat to you about any problems that they might be experiencing or concerns that you might have and then based on on, on what you say to us we'll, we'll come back to you with with tailored personalized information about you know maybe look at this food or maybe look at this type of food rather than you know and after that we'll we'll steer you in a direction or maybe your dog needs a little bit more exercise or maybe you could play with them for another 10 minutes a day and it might have a positive impact on this so it's not all about oh you need to buy this product but it's about what can what are the small changes that you might be able to make that'll have a positive impact on your pet's health and that's really what it's about and it's not about, you know, going on an eight-week program of of anything. It's about small changes and just letting people know that there are other options there beyond having to go to the vet. Mm-hmm. Um, and for us, it's about preventative care and making sure that people know that actually, you know, there are options there. There's somewhere that you can go where you can, you can have a chat and kind of go, you know, and we'll be the first ones to say, if you think mm-hmm. you're, you need to go to the vet, go to the vet. You know, we'll, we'll, get, we'll make that recommendation if we think it's necessary. Um, and Emily, it's one, just of about- the, one of the things, sorry yeah. to cut across, one of the things that jumped out from me when you, you uh, shared this news that you have this event over February and March at Petmania is that, you know, there was a wide range of statistics. We said that, you know, yes, your dogs are maybe getting older, their care might start to change. How, these are things to keep in mind. You have some research and statistics that say that 26 or just over one in four, 26% of dog owners take their dogs for a walk at least once a day and 53% take them more frequently than that now 46% admit to never brushing their dog's teeth and like you said as the dog gets older their care might start to change they might yeah, need different types of play it. as well if their joints are getting if their joints are getting stiffer that they might need to walk out a bit more or maybe lesser the the you know the, the stairs in the evening maybe try a supplement or something different that the, as the dog gets older their care starts to change and that's it. And it changes from day one. Like so, your puppy and your your twelve year old dog are very different. You know, you know, your puppy needs a diet that's got loads of energy, loads of calories in it, loads of energy, loads of protein, support those muscles and joints. So, you know, support all that high energy that they have. Whereas when you get to a senior dog, what they need is they need muscle and joint support. They maybe need fewer calories. They're more prone to, to weight gain because um, their metabolism is slowing down. And, you know, so you're looking at going, right, how can we support that through nutrition? How you do through through um, through supplements? Um, or, you know, again, like you said, maybe it's exercise. There's going to be maybe changes in what they're capable of doing. And it's about going, right, how do I read the signals? What are they trying to tell me? And, I suppose the whole OT campaign for Pet Mania is about saying, look, 
this information is available to you. We're here to help you. It can be, you know, if you've never had a pet before, you've not gone on this journey. So mm-hmm. it's it's about we're here to support you throughout your pet's life stages and let's see what we can do to help. And, you know, it's, it's only little things. And it might be like, you know, is your pet regularly treated to prevent fleas and ticks Mm -hmm. and they're really nasty if they get them they're really hard to get rid of when you get them because you know your dog gets fleas or your cat gets fleas they're everywhere they're in the bed they're in the carpets they're on the sofa they 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 multiply very quickly so it's like how can you prevent that and you know again so maybe the small change is about actually you know what I'm going to give them a flea treatment today I'm going to prevent that from happening and I'm going to do it again in three months time and I'm going to do it again you know so we're going to be regular about how how often we're treating and uh, for those and you know or I'm going to look at brushing my dog's teeth or looking after their teeth in general because the, the stats would say that 30, or 70% of dogs will have some form of dental disease by the time they get to the age of three and a lot of that is pre- and a lot of that is preventable yeah you and that's, think that that's now. A, and it's because, you know, you don't think about it. We brush our own teeth mm-hmm. twice a day, but, you know, we should be brushing our dog's teeth. We should be looking at, you know, is, there's add- additives that we can add into the water to help clean. There's chews. There's different ways to help clean their teeth. But it's about if we're not giving them that opportunity, mm-hmm. then maybe, maybe again, that's just a little small change that we can look at. Doing. So there's um, loads of things that we can we can consider just to be yeah. mindful as well Emily for people who may not be dog owners that also this event is not just for dogs it's for cats as well cats are invited to the pet mania stores and they'll also be offered Oops. their weight and body condition score and things like that and that there'll be a range of events uh, to take part in like uh, grooming demos canine first aid training dog talks uh, using CBD for your pets which is interesting and overall everyday yeah. health like nutrition and dental care and I know that there's plenty on offer throughout the month as the it's now in its eighth year operation transformation across the months of February and March Emily I'm sure that there are thousands of dog owners and cat owners across the region that will be delighted to get involved Emily thank you so much for joining us The Sunday Grail on Beat It's that time again. Our in-house resident movie reviewer, Brian, is here for the latest All of Us Strangers movie release. Let's take a quick listen before we get into it This is your mum and dad yeah. They died just before I was 12. I'm trying to write about them at the moment. How's it going? Strangely. Hi. Hi. Is this real? Does it feel real? Our boy's back home. Our son, look at you. You were just a boy. Now you're not. It was a long time ago. Yeah, I don't think that matters. Brian, that's just a snippet of All of Us Strangers. What was your initial reaction after you watched the movie? (sighs) I was glad it was finished. Oh, no. Uh, like I had went in no trailers nothing I, I come, I'm i on a trailer detox you are hard to please I thought I from I am, that trailer alone I was like ooh this is going to be moody I am incredibly easy to please <laughs> just have stuff happening in your movie please and that's all I desire there's too many long pauses there is, is too many long pauses like this if you like a movie I've always said that, I've said it to Orla countless times that if you make a movie where people are just staring and if like it's longingly staring <laughs> into the distance I have no interest in that do something just do, do something. something. And it's like, it's, oh, this movie is made up of stairs. They barely talk in it. Anytime they do talk, 
it's 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 but it's. But is the, the stare it, not? Does it not build intensity in any scene? Is it worthy? No. Like honestly, it's 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 the ultimate. Men will do blank instead of going to therapy. That's oh, exactly goodness. what the movie is. Okay. It's like it's just okay. So take us back to the top of it. What happened? What's the initial outline for the story? Of course, Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott are in it, and what are their roles? So Andrew Scott is the main in his main character, and he's basically this lonely writer living in a block of flats. And the fire alarm goes off. He goes outside, and on the way back in, he sees Paul Mescal. Classic. He must have thought I did a Avon's ad. He did a Denny's ad. We're both kings of <laughs> of the advertising industry. I in know Ireland. that guy. Yeah, it's like I know him from somewhere. And then uh, Paul Mescal shows up at his room and uh, he, like shows up at his apartment, I should say, and he has a bottle of like Japanese gin or something, and uh, he's like basically kind of half flirting with him, and he's like, "Oh, can I come in?" And Andrew Scott's like, "No." Oh. And then Paul Mescal goes off on his merry way, and Andrew Scott goes back to whatever he's writing, and um, then it's a case of. <sighs> Are you talking us through the movie? Some conf- no, this is, this is the <laughs> opening bit. Okay. And from there, it gets confusing for a while and then things become clear. Okay. Uh, there's He has issues with his parents. His his like his relationship with his parents is, is, is dicey at best. It's just a whole thing of like a long time uh, loneliness really coming to a head and he's basically experiencing it by essentially overthinking it. Okay. And overthinking his relationship with his parents and what relationships he has around him. And it's so hard to talk about this without spoiling anything. I know, I, that's the hardest part as well because I think there's been a, there's a lot of build-up to this and there's been a, there's going to be a lot of people wanting to watch this. Is it something that, for, as you, Brian, would you have to see it in the cinema to enjoy it? Oh, well. <laughs> as <laughs> Maybe if you saw really it, it. Might, but <laughs> I'll tell you what, like uh, seven people left when I we went to see Mean Girls last week. Only four, four left when we went to see this this week. So there's definitely... Uh, seven? What vintage were they that left Mean Girls? They, oh, well, I can understand why they also left Mean Girls. I had fun enough, but I can understand why they left. But uh, for this, like literally, it was a case of, I, I, I can normally tell from a poster whether or not I'm going to like a movie. Sorry, so how many left? Is no one. Only four. Oh, only four. Yeah. Sorry. Oh wow. Uh, maybe okay. six. I don't know. I wasn't completely keeping track of people. I le- I went to go see Oppenheimer, and it was the first time I'd ever seen anybody leave the cinema. That wasn't like a child really? in a kids club. <laughs> yeah. No, people leave movies all the time. Okay, like I, I've I've been to so many. I go see. I don't just go see the. You know, I'm cool, cool like that. I see everything, but like I don't just. I see kind of more odd movies, and people tend to leave those mm-hmm. when they don't. And honestly, do you know what? I don't blame them. Sometimes, like if it's a case of like you paid your money, you contributed to it. You've every right to leave. Like, there's no point you sitting through a movie here. you don't want to watch. You know? That's fair. I'm the type of person that needs to. I I pay to see the trailers. I'll watch. Like, it, I'll watch it through the end. Okay. I don't. I try and avoid trailers. Trailers. No trailers. trailers lately are so much of the movie. They show too much. That's a very true. Yeah. So, so uh, what you're not going to recommend it then? I'd imagine out of five or ten. Yeah. Well, it's it's a, it's a weird thing. I just it wasn't for me. That's it's, very yeah. It's it reminds fair. me an awful lot of Fight Club. If you if you have seen it, you know exactly why I say that. Right. But it reminds me a lot of Fight Club in the terms of it's how a man is dealing with his life's like hardships. Okay. I through yeah. His, through overthinking and imagining scenarios. Oh. So uh, it's and he's a writer as well. So. Uh, I I tried to teach myself how to write during lockdown, and I get what his 
his angle is. Like, because when you're there and you're writing a scene and you're imagining how people would talk and you're imagining how you would talk, to, to, like the idea of me talking to you here right now, if I was writing this at home while I was just thinking of it, it's like, it would okay, take you a while. What, would, what would our reactions be? How, if I asked you a question, how would you react? And it's like, okay, then you gradually try and figure out somebody. And like, okay, I know Jolene fairly well. Maybe not completely well. Maybe we could know each other better. You Maybe we should thing. hang out sometime. <laughs> but uh, uh, it's a case of how you would talk back. And then you think of all the scenarios. If I was talking to my friends, how would they talk? How would they reply? So I get, I get how this film is. I get what it's supposed Too to be. Too hyped? I don't know. I think it's one of those things that it's, yeah, like, I don't know. Well, like, Paul Maskell has a weird English accent, which it just doesn't feel mm. right, first of all. Like, it's fine. It's a good accent, I suppose. I Like, I'm not great with it when it comes to accents, but it doesn't feel like him, if that makes sense. You think it probably would have been better if he kept... Well, Andrew Scott has an Irish accent. Oh, he does. So it's too, like, yeah. they could have easily just had two <clears throat> Irish dudes. But I don't know. I, I It absolutely wasn't for me. Two minutes in, I was like, oh. Oh. Even going to it, I was like, because I, I was like, what will I go see this week? And I decided on this. And I was, I went, as I was on the way in, I was like, <laughs> mm, okay, let's, let's do this. I'm, I'm giving it, I'm giving it the benefit of the, the doubt. Out, out of five or 10, how does Orla do it again? Out of 10. Out of 10, what are you going to give it? Personally, like as a, as a, how much I enjoyed it, like a three. We'll never watch it again. Oh no! I'll be all of us will be strangers. That <laughs> but I, I just hey. no. I, I just it was such okay. a slow. It was so slow. Give a three out of ten for all of us strangers, and he's back again at the next same same time next week with his very honest review of probably Argyle. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Who knows what who else? Who knows what could happen this next week? Um, thank you so much, Brian. Chat no to you then. See you. The Sunday Grill on Beat. On to something a little different now. I'm joined in studio by our very own Killian Doyle to take a look at something that is streaming this weekend, something a little bit different. Let's take a listen. One, two. We are the world. We are the children. The greatest artists of a generation came together to save some lives. Must be in a dream, huh? Hello, hello. But we only had one night to get this right. Let's get this party started. I received this call from Herbelafante, and he wants to do some kind of a song for famine relief in Africa. Basically, what he said was, I need you. We just thought we'd pull together as many artists as we could and figure it out. It was just a wish list. He said yes without knowing who was going to be on it. Bob Dylan, Stevie Wonder, Paul Simon, Cindy Lauper, Pat Midler, Billy Joel, Steve Perry, Willie Nelson. I think we have Tina, Sheila E, Diana Ross. Everybody was there. Absolutely everybody. What are they talking about there, Killian? Oh, it's one of the greatest documentaries to come out in the past <laughs> couple of months, in my opinion. So I'm known for my throwbacks on Be Throwbacks, but we're throwing it back to the 80s this morning to one of the greatest nights in pop music history. And that's what the documentary is called. The greatest I was hooked night in by the pop. title. Yes. Um, so I didn't realise this was a thing coming out, but basically it's a documentary about, as they're calling it, the greatest night in pop music history. So um, We Are The World, what a tune. It was for um, charity. It was kind of off the back of Band-Aid's mm-hmm. Feed The World or Heal... Which one? Feed The World. One of them. Anyway, the one that Bob Geldof Band-Aid, did. Band-Aid, yes. 
So Band Aids, that's the one. Yeah. So they want to do that in America with American stars. And basically, um, it was kind of coordinated by Lionel Richie, who was just out and uh, in... I can't forget the name of like the show band he was in a Motown, but he's just out of that <laughs> and he was finding fame or whatever and he was like, oh, this would be a great idea and he like teams up with this talent agent who's like the man. He has Madonna, he has like Cindy Lauper, he has everyone in the 80s. So they call Stevie Wonder, he's not really interested, didn't really get back to him and then he calls Michael Jackson, of course, king of pop. So they both of them write the song but they're trying to find all these superstars in okay. American pop like your Bruce Springsteen's, your Stevie Wonder's, Cindy Lauper's, your like Bono's and everyone in the 80s trying to get him and they can't really like figure out how they're going to get him so the American Music Awards was going on and all of them were going to be in Los Angeles for one night so it's oh. all that night and like there's Kenny Loggins there. Goosebumps there's Goosebumps but there's so much more to it I didn't realise there was fights there's rows between stuff so you get all the behind the scenes stuff but it's just it's absolutely incredible it's just for pop music and I don't think we'd have that today like I don't see like at least 10 artists that would be in a room today that you'd feel that much mesmerised you know okay. I was looking on the screen at all these people and I was like how are they all in the one room like these are superstars of music not that I don't think you get it nowadays but like no I think the closest thing we had to and I always uh, bring it up when we're talking about something like this like when there's a collaboration of people like after the Manchester bombing when Ariana Grande had her version of the UK band-aid getting people together to fundraise yeah and fight, you know, against hatred. That absolutely would have been put down as might be one of the recent most popular nights in pop music yeah. in the last 10 years. Absolutely. Um, that goes up there. Obviously, this is momentous because the names are so iconic, because oh, yeah. they're so legendary and some of them have passed, like Michael Jackson. Yeah, but just look at it, like look at Bruno Mars, look at Beyonce, look at Justin Timberlake, like even like they're, you know, you wouldn't have them without all these legends exactly. before. And it's, it's an incredible documentary and sticking on the Michael Jackson theme, if you can watch it, I did watch this as well um, Thriller 40 it's all about uh, it's 40 years since Thriller was released the biggest album this year of, yeah wow. um, biggest selling album of all time and it's a documentary like track by track and how they met it and that's pretty iconic as well so if you're in the mood for something that's on Netflix it's called The Greatest Night in Pop would highly recommend Greatest Night in Pop and how many series or is it one long it's a one it's a docu-film one so sitting docu-film an, uh, an hour and 40 Okay. Is there anything else that's been taking your fancy streaming wise the last um, couple of weeks? Nothing really taking my fancy, although I have to watch it. And of course, Six Nations started there on Friday with Ireland and France. Come on, the boys in green. So um, I need to. I was a big fan of Drive to Survive. I watched the golf version of it. Yeah. It seems there's a NASCAR version of it now as well. Mm-hmm. It seems to be this kind of Drive to Survive Sunderland till I die. Yeah, yeah, on everything. So it's Six Nations full contact. Haven't watched it, but that's exactly what I'll be going home to watch. For the Marvel heads, um, I've started watching it. Echo. <gasps> it's all available now don't say anything <laughs> I know it is 18 and over um, it's the first actually MCU project to be um, 18 and over is that so yeah yeah I had no idea about that and that's on my to-do list would you believe I'm still finishing what's the one oh, with the with the, the green aliens um, She-Hulk Secret Invasion oh, Secret Invasion <laughs> I watched still it you know finishing what that. can't even try? remember what happened I can't even remember what happened I I don't know I don't know people are saying the MCU is going to the shambles but I don't really think so I don't believe that when you see what's coming down the pipeline with Fantastic Four um, so that's what I've been watching so Echo yeah very good Charlie Cox is returning as Daredevil <gasps> you've got um, your man from Kingpin obviously they fe- Goosebumps Echo and Kingpin featured in Hawkeye the series so it's centering around that but it's the same actor that played and the Kingpin I think was in Jessica Jones was that the same yeah yeah it would have been yeah, the same yeah. one which actually it's this whole thing if you are, are a fan or of Marvel Jessica you'd Jones know. or Daredevil oh goodness so I can't they were remember. all made by Netflix back in the day Charlie Cox yeah. and everything and they like it was kind of a debate in the MCU were the canon 
into the MCU? Did they relate to like, you know, the Iron Man's or Tom Holland Spider-Man's, all that? Did they relate to it or were they a different universe? And people, half of people said yes, they were, half said no, but it's available on Disney Plus to stream and recently they added in all those Jessica Jones, mm-hmm. those Punishers as um, MCU timeline order into it. So, Which is kind of exciting. You could argue it both ways that whether they do or don't belong, you could absolutely be right whatever you fall in line with. Yeah, and that's what I would recommend anyway, going back and watching the original Daredevil. If you mm-hmm. are one of those people who are thinking like the MCU is in shambles, I would definitely, if you want to just stick to one storyline, I would recommend the Echo Kingpin Daredevil mm-hmm. because talks for the fourth Spider-Man film is going to feature Daredevil. Well, that's why Echo he was in Spider-Man 3. Exactly. Um, so, uh, exciting times for the MCU, 100%. And I do, I believe the Marvels, is that coming or is that landed? Yes, um, that is coming February 7th. Uh, that is coming to Disney Not Plus too to long stream. To wait. So if you didn't get to see it on cinema, I think it's available now to buy on DVD and Blu-ray. But who does that anymore? Killian, I'm going to be <laughs> leaving the show now to go home straight to my couch to watch all that stuff. Thank <laughs> you so much. Anytime, Jolene. Have a good Sunday. The Sunday Grill on Beat.